welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland Review Podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. We made hard work of it, but thanks to Carl Andreas Winniester, Sunderland have edged a close game at the Stadium of Light as they beat AFC Wimbledon 1-0 to make it three wins in four. And joining me to recap the game and give us our almost immediate reaction is returning regular guest Jack Shields. You missed last week, Jack. Uh, are you drunk yet, mate, or are you, are you still relatively sober following the win? Uh, no, I'm OK. I had a couple before the game, but uh, yeah, pleased with that one there. Uh... Result's always the key, isn't it? And uh, I said to you before, I don't think that match will live long in the memory, but three points are very much welcome. I'll openly admit, when I was looking for questions, I was scratching my head a little bit once I got beyond about one or two of them. It was one of those kind of games that we might forget about in a few weeks, but I'm pleased that we got three points from it. But also on the flip side of that, um, people who've listened to the preview show during the week will know how great of a guest this guy is coming on. We've got Lee. Obviously, coming in from the Womble Tide Dream, Lee, opposite side of the spectrum. But um, how are you? How are you feeling on this fine Saturday evening, mate? I'm I'm very well, thank you. Thanks again for having me on. Uh, you say you, you're going to forget. I've already forgotten it. To be fair, the game. <laughs> so far, it wasn't a showpiece game or something that's going to live long in the memory. But yeah, you got the three points, so you're a lot happier than I am. But I'm in the middle of eating a KFC. So, <laughs> so who's the real winner? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll come to you first obviously Jack um, like you said we won the game Something sort of dug out a 1-0 win I would say um, probably slightly edged the game uh, what what were your thoughts in the immediate aftermath of the match? Um, yeah exactly what you just said really we, we dug it out and I think um, if we are to achieve our goal of getting promotion sooner rather than later those are the games that you have to get over the line and however you find a way to win you need to find it and we did that today. I thought the staff was a real scrappy affair. Both teams, not really much quality on show. Um, Wimbledon, actually, I thought, knocked it about better than we did. The play seemed to be keeping the ball better than we did. And I was really disappointed at our tempo because I felt that on the rare occasion in the first half, we did play the tempo. We, we did look like we were going to create one or two things without actually creating, if that makes sense. But, yeah, it was a bit flat. And then second half, I thought we did up it. We, we did go through the gears a little bit. We started to have shots on goal and create chances. Um, yeah, Carl Winchester's not exactly known for being a prolific goal scorer. And it was a bit of a fortunate one with the deflection. But uh, we saw it out. Probably a scrappy game like that. Nil. Um, I think that should have been a win. Whereas today, we managed to get over the line and get it done. So, satisfied. But I'd like to improve the performance side of it next week. Yeah, I think definitely the performance wasn't perfect, but I think we said sort of off air before you would take probably the Burton performance and the Wimbledon result in an ideal world. But I, in a, in, if you could only have one, you're going to be choosing 100% the, the Wimbledon result, I think, at the end of the day, aren't you? So um, I think we'll take that. We'll take that on the flip side, Lee. Um, I don't want to sound like this might be an arrogant comment, but I don't know whether games away at Sunderland are going to be the, the making of Wimbledon season. But ultimately, are, are you a little bit disappointed that would have been a fairly even game? Yeah, I, I, yeah. With, what Jack just said there has probably not helped us at all with you having slow tempo and stuff. What Jack just said, it probably didn't help us. As I said to you, we like to, we'd like to play attacking football. And we like we probably would have liked to counter-attack. So we preferred you to play quick, try and get at us, and then we could then get behind. It doesn't sound like that was the kind of game that was going to be happening for us. And, and a few of our fans, when we put out a tweet, because we changed it six times. So on Tuesday, we changed it seven. Today, we changed it six. I don't think that's going to help. But a lot of people have just said that 
going up to a team that are going to be around the promotion uh, and losing, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to define our season, losing Sunderland 1-0. We need to be beating the teams around us. And and they needed a lucky deflection to, to win a game. So that's two now that we've conceded on the bounce from deflections. The signs are really positive for us at the moment that we're going to Sunderland, frustrating you. And, and, and you, again, it is the three points that matter to you more. But for us at the moment is in League One is putting these performances together because the three points will come for us against the lower league teams like Cambridge, Cheltenham, the team that we need to beat. But yeah, it was a bit disappointing when when the game was so even. But as I said, I don't think the way you played probably helped us. If you had come at us in attacking and quick tempo, I think that probably would have helped us a lot more. And again, another comment a couple of women fans have made is that they thought Sunderland were quite average team, but with one or two players who who can step up and make the difference, where a lot of teams don't have that. They don't have that two or three star quality. We're, we're If we have three or four off, we yeah, we haven't got that where you've got one or two that will step up and make that difference, which I think was the difference today. I think one of the things that I wanted to speak to you about this, and I was going to ask later on, but I'll bring it up now because you, you mentioned it there. Um, when I looked at Wimbledon's side, I wasn't aware how many changes had been made, but what did actually take me back a little bit with all due respect to Wimbledon's previous teams is you've got a bit more strength and depth than you've had in the past, but then... I looked at who was on the bench and obviously we spent a lot of time discussion, uh, discussing Marsh sorry, previously in the preview game. And obviously that was one player that I pinpoint, pinpointed, one player that you'd said that, you know, was probably the person that watched based on the new sign-ins. And yet he's put on the bench. And as far as I'm aware, I didn't obviously watch the game, but I think he got um, man of the match in the Gillingham game. So a lot of changes. What, what did you make of Robinson's team selection, and particularly the omission of, of Marsh? The problem, I'm a big Marsh fan and I, I have been since we signed him because I knew he'd done well at Orient beforehand and he's been doing, he was doing well at Spurs. The problem we've got at the moment is Anthony Harkin, who started today, was exceptional the week before. Mm-hmm. So he was man of match the weekend before. He's then rested, put Harkin on the bench and put Marsh in. Marsh was then excellent. Woodyard's our captain, so he's not going to be dropped. And, and Robbo's a big fan of Harkin. He's, he's been for our youth so he's worked with Roro previously. The problem we've got at the moment is with our strength and depth, because Gillian and we played really well, so it's hard to drop players. But then the week before that, we played really well. And also against Gillian and our subs made big impacts. So where Palmer had started the week before, I wasn't that good. Presley came in, was exceptional. Palmer come off the bench against Gillian and again, he was exceptional. He held it up, started today. I think what we have an issue at the moment, which is a great problem to have, is that we've got every single player, I think other than, what, as I said, one against Gillingham, are playing really well. So out of our 24-man squad, two games that we've played, 22 of them have played except, exceptional in the games that they've played. So we're struggling to pick a, a team that can just get going, really. And, and, that, and that's the only problem, which is, as I said, it's a great problem to have if you've got 20 players to pick from. On the flip side, Jack, our team had a different look to it as well. Looking at the team sheet, obviously Lee Burge was in. Uh, there's been a lot of debate surrounding Lee Burge for a long time. Some people wanting to see Anthony Patterson thrown into the team. Young, well, not that young, but in terms of experience, young. Today he got his chance in the nets, mainly because the fact that Lee Burge, I think, picked up a knock or something in the in the warm-up. Um, people have been asking for that for a while, a majority, uh, not a majority, uh, well, a minority, I suppose, or a selection of Sunderland fans. 
what were your thoughts on him starting? Not so much his performance, but the fact that he, he got a start today, almost like forced into that change. Um, I don't don't dislike him. I've seen pretty decent things from him. I haven't seen a lot of him to be honest. Um, but from what I've seen, he seems steady. It's always difficult with goalkeepers. I think particularly goalkeepers from twenty to twenty-four, unless they really stand out. It's sometimes hard to see how they're going to be later on because I, I personally think goalkeepers are better when they get to kind of 29, 30, some of them, a lot of them. They mature a lot later, you know, don't you, they? Yeah, I think it's a position that you really experience really counts. I mean, obviously experience counts for any position, but I think more so goalkeepers, I think they tend to take later on. So it's difficult to say at this stage whether or not he's going to go on and be a top-level goalkeeper. Um, but I've got no problems with him starting. I think there's not a great deal in terms of talent, you know, and actual ability between the two, between him and Burge. And I think really, if we are going with a young squad in terms of building that and making them develop, either playing first-team football for Sunderland or to sell on, you know, if, if, we're, if we're planning on doing that, then I think we do need to push the young, young players, the youngsters, the youth to the fore. Um, today's performance, I thought he didn't do anything majorly wrong. Didn't have a lot to do. There wasn't a lot of goal-mouth action from Wimbledon, so it's not like he was saving a lot of shots or anything. The only one thing was slightly did come and flat for a cross, and I think Wimbledon had a header, which was cleared away nearly on the line. That was a little bit shaky, um, but I wouldn't have any problem. I don't really think it's a it's, it's a toss-up between the two. Neither him or Burge stand out, so I wouldn't really be too concerned which of them plays. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Lee Burge either, so yeah. <laughs> Truth be told, though, if you were offered Vito Manone on a, a yacht from Monaco... <laughs> Would you be happy to see Vito Manone turn up on a yacht in a maybe on Rugger Pier, maybe? <laughs> slightly different, uh, slightly different scene from like the south of France or Italy or wherever <laughs> he's been, isn't it? Rugger Pier and uh, I mean, it's I was going to say Rugger Pier in the cold, but I mean, today's meant to be August and I'm looking out the window and it's still stopping it down to use a northeast expression. But yeah, Vito's a uh, I know our fans like Vito from, from the Premier League era and obviously he's that. that Shoot out Lee Domenone, but he's an instant, instantly a step, a step above from Lee Berger and the Patterson. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I don't know how much there actually is in that. Really, I mean, my, I mean, if he's interested, then great. But uh, I wouldn't really pay too much attention to that. And- you know, if you are listening though, since you've left Sunderland, there's a lot more Gregs in place. So forget Monaco. Um, you will never be wanting for any Gregs. And I also hear that. There's a nice new shiny hotel over the road from the stadium, which you can stay in for a few months. Um, I believe it's a Hilton. Um, Dan Neal, starting at left back, talking about youngsters getting game time. I've been really impressed by Dan Neal, like immensely impressed. Now I was never like a Dan Neal fanboy, but he's been he's been great. I don't want him played at left back, despite the fact he played well there. I do not want him played at left back. He's not a left back, but um can you understand the thinking behind the playing left back and maybe taking out? I will call him the Gherkin. His name is Kirkin, of course. But can you understand why maybe the Gherkin came out? Because he he's looked a bit rusty. Yeah, um, I would. That's a great word to use to describe his performances, Graham. Rusty. I mean, certainly not writing the lad off after two appearances. You know, because maybe it is match fitness. Maybe it's just getting to speed at this level. Um, but he hasn't looked great in the first couple of games. I mean, like you say, we are going to give him time. Um, I'm not moving forward long term. I would agree with you. I'm not a fan of this. I think I've said it before on this uh, pod, Graham. I'm not a fan of centre midfielders playing at full back. We seem to have done it quite a bit in the previous years, going back to like, you know, Jack Hall back, hard full back. But I, th- I will give him credit there. I thought he was very, very good. He didn't make any mistakes. He kind of, I thought he got the better of the, uh, the Wimbledon, 
Wimbledon right-sided player. Um, he seemed to be, you know, you know, strong on the ball, uh, and he had a really good game. He seemed to be getting forward a bit as well. But I think long term, you know, we have, you know, got certain for that position. So I think hopefully, fingers crossed, he can get up to the speed of things and he becomes a regular. But for today, yeah, Daniel did, did have a pretty good game today. Yeah, I, I thought he was impressive. I thought I think it was um, Asali was up against, I think, on the right-hand side. I think if I'm correct, I could be wrong with that, but I'm pretty certain it was. And I felt he handled him quite well, considering he's a right-footed left-back. I think the problem for him was the fact that when we were bursting down the left first half of trying to, we had to cut inside, and that's not really his fault. In a sense, in the second half, it benefited him because he got his right foot and just cut into the middle, which is where he makes the, the best of his abilities, in my opinion. But... Um, I thought Daniel was, again, really impressive despite that. And, and I would love to see him played in midfield a lot more often, maybe in that certain role. I think he's big, aggressive, physical. And I really think come the end of the season, we'll be looking at a player that if we do get promoted, and please God, let us get promoted, um, we'll be thinking that potentially he's somebody that we can maybe not build a team around, but could come up with the championship with us. I've been really impressed by him at the in the first four games. Now, I really hope he continues to stay in the team, but more so in the midfield. Um on the flip side, we're going to come on to Winnie Esther because, of course, he deserves that title today. But I want to go to Wimbledon first before we do. I think a lot of people probably look at games like Wimbledon and say Sunderland should be winning. And for the record, I agree with that. Wimbledon at home is a game that we should be looking for three points if we want to win alongside you know, many of the clubs. However, it's Wimbledon's first defeat of the season. We spoke about it on the preview show. You've had a really good start of the season and all the noises coming out of, of Wimbledon are positive. Um, for multiple reasons, the stadium, the way you've performed, loads of different things. I think today the team was full of endeavour for Wimbledon, but I think based on what I've seen with the highlights, you probably probably weren't at the level you've been recently for some reason or other. What would you attribute to that to uh, attribute that to Lee? Sorry, it's a tough one really because I said we have started well, but the, the problem we got at the moment again, as I said, we've got. 20 players who are playing well. So we're trying to fit them all in at once. We've got a very young manager. England is a team that I think we're always going to we're gonna struggle. It's, it's a tough place to go. We would have gone up there yesterday. I think we stayed in a hotel on a Friday night. You know, I don't know how they would have travelled. I'm guessing they would have gone by train. But Sunderland's a tough place to go any any time, really. And I just think with our young players, young team, and you said, uh, Assal was quite quiet today, I understand. And, and your player is not a left back. Assal's our best player of our country mile at the moment. So if he's kept him quiet, then he's had an absolute superb game because people are looking at Assal and we're talking about, for us, a million pound, five million pound player there, which is huge for a club like Wimbledon. I know obviously Sunderland would be thinking, well, that's not that much. But for us, if we sold a player for one million pound, it's be our first ever one million pound player. And that kid is him. So if he's kept him quiet, then he's had a really good game. And I just think sometimes we'll go to teams and our young squad, they, they just won't. They'll just have an off day. And it just sounded like we just didn't really have enough up front to really get at Sunderland. And, and, and as I said, I think if we had come away with a nil-nil, I think both teams would have not been too... like. I know you'd have been upset with nil-nil, but you couldn't really say, well, that's harsh on Sunderland. But yeah, it is what it is. I said we we've got a very tough couple of games coming up. We had you today, Ipswich Saturday, and then we play Oxford. So that will be our making of where we are in this league and where we can continue to be. One player that um, surprised me in probably a negative fashion today was Ollie Palmer. 
watched him a little bit. I don't watch him every week. You do, of course, Lee. Um, but I expected a big physical guy that would be knocking sort of our 17-year-old centre-back out the way a little bit, as good as he is, or, or at least trying to impose himself. And a lot of the time today, he ended up on his backside. Um, is that usual Ollie Palmer, kind of League One, as we will call it, shit house where he's trying to win free kicks? Or is that not really his game? Because I was expecting a bit more from him today, to be honest. At the moment, it seems to be his game. He's struggling this season, uh, in my eyes, and I think a few women and fans' eyes. He, he, he suffered with injuries big time last season. And it looks like he's still suffering from a little bit. He still looks a bit, for me, overweight. He looks slow. Uh, his game is crosses into the box. So if we're not getting crosses in, he literally is just, you might as well not have him there, really. I also think he, he would suit two up front because he's doing all the way. He, he has not got the legs now to chase around with. The draw against Gillingham hurts more than today because we had that game sewn up and then you can go summon and drop points. It's not the end of the world, but here's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. We felt like that a few times. I think it is what it is. It became a bit of a mantra last season, to be honest with you. Um, Jack, I, I want to come to you about one person who was phenomenal today. Um, I kind of asked her on the page who we thought one of the match was going to be. I knew who people were going to answer. I know who my answer is. I know who everyone else's seems to be. I mentioned him at the start of the pod, um, Carl Andreas Winniester, as he is going to be known this weekend. We've spoke long and hard about having a right back and having a specialist left back. And yet for some reason, Carl Winchester is doing a bit of the Lugo nine and playing really, really well at right back. And then he goes and bangs in the winner today, but it's not just that his defensive work was good. The way he supported his, his uh, winger was really good. Despite the fact that Lyndon Gooch really didn't have the best of games, in my opinion, a couple of nice flicks. He just did everything right today, Carl Winchester. And I think he's, he's starting to show as Lee Johnson said, the reason that the club brought him in, and despite the fact he was a League Two player, but I've waxed lyrical about Carl Winchester just there. What what was your thoughts on Carl Winchester's performance, Jack, and just his performance this season? Yeah, very, very impressed. I think he's the type of player that goes under the radar. He's not a big name. He's not a you know someone who's hugely popular with the Sunderland supporters. He's not unpopular, but I don't think a lot of Sunderland fans would really have an opinion of him, Graham. Do you know what I mean? He'd be one of those Sunderland fans that say Winchester. He's all right. But today he had a really good game. He didn't put a foot wrong. I felt he was the best player at bringing the ball forward out of defence. Um, he, he, he was good in the tackle. You know, at one-on-ones, nobody seemed to get past him. And obviously, anytime someone bangs in a, a goal from 30 yards, albeit with the help of a deflection, particularly from a centre-back a centre back or a right-back, you know, it, it gets your vote, doesn't it? You have to say, you know, that's uh, that was the standout moment. But yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all for players like that, you know, that players that you maybe don't recognise go under the radar, but ultimately, you know, turn out and, and play eight, 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 nine out of ten every week. And I think he does have a role in the Sunderland team. I think even, you know, he, even in his specialist position, you know, why not play him as a centre midfielder? He, he seemed to have the energy going forward and his passing was excellent. And if he keeps popping up, scoring, scoring from 20 yards, get him in that centre mid position, do you know what I mean? I mean, we've been crying out for a, a player that can do the opposite of what Max Power was doing for about three seasons and, and Winchester did that <laughs> day from right back. So um, there has been a bit of a discussion surrounding Luke 9 today. I'm aware he's, a, for some reason, a continuous debate. I'll not sit on the fence with this. I'm a big fan of Luke 9 I think he adds an awful lot to the club. I think he adds an awful lot to the, the team. I think he's endeavour, he's battle. Some people think he's awful. Some people think he's... God's gift. Um, me personally, I would much prefer him to be in the team, and that's my opinion. But 
maybe not his best game today, but he never he never hid. But there's an argument for maybe shifting O'Neill out and maybe bringing Winchester in or bringing Evans back in when, um, or maybe even pushing Daniel into midfield and, and pushing the Gherkin to uh, to left back. Do you agree with that? Do you think Winchester maybe gets his place in the centre of midfield and maybe we start playing with with Huggins, who obviously you've just brought in from Leeds, and, and Kirkin, who's been in and out of the team since he's joined in the few weeks? Would you would you take Luke O'Neill out and maybe give Winchester a chance in his natural position? Uh, yeah, I know you said you're a big fan of Luke O'Neill and you're probably in the majority. I'm in the minority. I'm, the opposite. I'm not a huge Luke O'Neill fan. I, I get the fans like him, the lovies passion and the love his attitude of what's playing but I don't see what he offers to the team a lot and I think today people will say he had a poor game but I tend to think he has you know more of them than maybe some fans give him credit for I think his application and desire I could never fault him I could I couldn't say he's a lad that doesn't try I couldn't say he's a lad that doesn't apply himself but in terms of his technical ability and what he actually brings to the team and I'm struggling that you know he's not he's not a passer really is he he's not a goal scorer He's not, he's not a great tackler. Sometimes I think he loses his discipline a bit. And today there was a situation, Graham, whereby he he brought a lad, he would have brought a lad down. Luckily, they played the advantage and we managed to get it back. But you know, if, if that hadn't been played, I think Luke and Len might have been in a spot of bother because there was a lad running through. And he, he basically rugby tackles me, puts both his arms on him. And I think Luke O'Neill's his, his friend seemed to be as a squad player. He will fill in at any position. He's capable to play three or four positions. And I think in terms of him dipping in and out of the first team and playing a range of roles, then fine. But I would argue Lukman is not a regular starter for Sunderland. I think for where we are and where we want to go, I don't think Lukman offers enough to be playing 40 games a season for us. And I think now that we do have the option of maybe a Carl Winchester or a, a Corey Evans or maybe one or two others if we get someone else in, I would say Lukman is maybe not going to be guaranteed to get position every week, Graham. And I think... If Winchester plays like that today, you've got to be moved into centre midfield when he can, and we get the uh, we get the right back position sorted. In an ideal world, who's your with everyone fit on current form this season, which is five games if you include the cup games? Who's your midfield three for Sunderland? Um, Winchester. Well, you'd probably go Winchester, Corey Evans, and then. Maybe Pritchard, Pritchard a bit slightly further forward. I don't know. Maybe you know, is it like Daniel, a kind of Daniel, 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 Daniel fanboy here? Yeah, maybe, maybe Neil. I don't know. It's a difficult one. I mean, Daniel's playing solid, at, you know, fullback today, didn't he? So does he get a game now? Did you start shirking? I mean, yeah, I would, I would probably say that the three that I've mentioned. But I mean, um, one thing I, I do need to speak about, probably on a Sunderland perspective, is. Ada McGeady, obviously, I spoke to Lee during the week. I spoke to um, the team that Lee probably doesn't like the week previously. <laughs> um, and we spoke to the Wigan fan in the first game of the season. And when you say which player you're most worried about, the first name on the lips is Ada McGeady for very, very, very obvious reasons. And if I was she was on the other foot, I would probably say the same. I think, in my opinion, McGeady on, on form is the best player in this league far and wide in terms of genuine unadulterated talent. However, we've managed to rest him against Wigan. We've managed to rest him against MK Dons and take him off with 20 minutes to go. He was really frustrating at Burton. He was probably even worse today, if I'm honest. Um, it's not like Aidan McGeady to be out of form, in in my opinion, not since we've, at least since not we've dropped down to, to, to League One. What are your thoughts on that McGeady situation at the minute? Where do you think he's, his form's lacking and why? 
Um, I think I think he has been off colour. I completely agree. I think um, his first touch, which is usually phenomenal, has not been great. He has made a couple of individual errors, which would never associate with him. I completely agree. I think when Aidan McGeady is firing on form, there's nobody better in this league. And we were Aidan McGeady playing well instantly gives us a good chance of winning the game. If he's playing well, there's not many League One teams that will be able to handle him. Um, and I do think he's off colour. I'm hoping it is just form. I'm hoping it's not start of a gradual a gradual decline based upon his age. Um, oh and I'm hoping it's just form. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know um, whether or not it's a fitness issue as well, Graham. So I don't know whether it's because I've heard you know that he's maybe been in with painkilling injections. I don't know how true that is. That's one or two I've things that, that I've yeah. heard. Problem with his knee, I've I heard, believe, isn't it? I think there's a tendonitis yeah, he potentially I've heard has. He's been playing with. Yeah, I've heard that he's been playing with a painkilling injection in the first few weeks in his knee. Now that will affect you because I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a professional footballer, but I don't think you'd be able to play a natural game if you've had that. You know what I mean? Because you'd be worried. You know, am I going to pull off? Is it going to hurt? You know, um, and I think that's maybe. You know, maybe. You know, that hasn't helped us. But I just think he's been. He has been a little bit off. But to be honest, I would have maybe rested him today. I wouldn't have maybe played him and given him another week. I wouldn't play him on Tuesday. Maybe give him a full week to then play against Wigan next week and, and see what he's like then. And I am concerned, like I say, I hope it's just a form trash fit, fitness issue and not the start of it, you know, because it would be quite a quick decline from him being so good last year at spells to now, you know, you know, he's, he's form gone and he, he's, he's over the hill. I hope it's just a, a, a fitness issue and, you know, when he is firing, whenever that is, he's back to normal because we, he has looked off colour, completely off colour and we're a much team when in McGeady's playing well, he gives us a chance every time. So yeah, you know, hopefully it's not too long before he's back to normal. You don't want to rely on him too much, but at the same time, you don't want him to be completely ineffective because in games like today, when we probably could have done with Nathan McGeady earlier than the Carl Winchester goal, he kind of didn't turn up and win the game for us, which is but what he's there for. Yeah, it was poor. Yeah, it was really poor. Even his delivery, yeah. Norm- normally with Aidan McGeady, you can point you can you can put a cross on a sixpence, you know what I mean? And he's He's passing and his range of movement and everything, but he's just been off it. And, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not too long before he's back. Yeah, we could do with it. Um, on the flip side, uh, defeat today for Wimbledon, as we've, we've mentioned, Lee, but who were the, the Wimbledon fans kind of uh, picking out from a, from your side as the people who stood out for you today and, and deserve praise? So Nick Sanef got our man a match, our goalkeeper. So he oh, really? apparently made a couple of good saves yeah, he uh, did. That kept us in the game, to be fair. Uh, going back to what Jack was talking about earlier regarding your own goalkeepers, he's uh, only a 24-year-old New Zealand international who's been at our club since he was about 12, I think. Uh, other managers have never given him a sniff, never given him a chance. Our manager just threw him in. He just trusts him. He knows he will make mistakes, but unfortunately, with our budget and stuff, he's not going to be an expensive option. And top-quality keepers, as you were saying earlier, 29, 31, they're going to be expensive now. So it's saying that we, we've got to get used to it, Wimbledon, uh, and we and you can see that for our squad. Another one whose name, uh, our right-back, oh, sorry, I think he played left-back today, Shea Alexander. Mm-hmm. He, he uh, apparently had a good game uh, as well. Uh, we just struggled up front, I think, today. Uh, with Oli Palmer just wasn't wasn't at the races, or I don't think he will be this season. But yeah, they were the two players that got stand out uh, from from our fans at the moment, but yeah, as I said, Zanef got man match. 
because he, he apparently it was three saves that would have could have cost us a good good couple of goals. So yeah, no, you yeah. did actually have a good okay. game. That, that that's a thing. I suppose I kind of forget that when you're a Sunderland fan, sometimes one 0 you think ah, but when you look at the stats, we slightly slightly edged it. But as a Sunderland fan, it felt a bit more even sometimes. Um, you said if Wimbledon fans had pointed out that we had certain players on the pitch that can just win your games and I'd agree with that to be honest but I always find it interesting what opposition fans feel about our players because they can surprise you that can always happen but who are the players that um, Wimbledon fans are necessarily picking out as the ones that were game changers for Sunderland today? Uh, look again the ones we talked about previously Ross Stewart and stuff looked lively and stuff like that uh, yeah, yeah, I said yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a big I'm a big Luke O'Neill fan I'd love him at Wimbledon but then you know I mean you boys ruined Dobson and then we we've made him <laughs> good again so if you want to send him back down you never know what we could do for Luke O'Neill but uh, I said you <laughs> have got some players that can do it and stuff like that <laughs> but my worry would be if I'd say I'll flip it on you boys and ask you a question regarding Sunderland going forward is I look at your Striking options and think if Ross Stewart gets injured, I, you've got that young kid from Everton. I don't know if he's only scored two goals, I think, in his whole career. And if you lose Ross Stewart and you said Aidan McGeady ain't really firing at the moment, if I was a Sunderland fan, I said, I don't, I don't think you're going to have enough to go up this year, which I really hope is wrong because I'd love Sunderland to be back where they belong. They deserve to be in the Championship, at least the Premiership, no doubt. But where are you going to score goals from if Ross Stewart is unfortunately out of it? I, what I try to do is I try to pull it out of my own mind and forget that that might happen. <laughs> but I think it's a fair point. I think because our well, our backup striker will be Will Grigg, who apparently was in Nando's today um, before the game. He was and like do, like when he really should probably have been at the stadium watching the game for now. Um, Grigg's never going to work out, but I think in there probably lies the answer: is can we get Will Grigg off the off the wage bill? Because I've heard he's on for this level, astronomical wages, which we've all seen the Netflix documentary, we all know how that happened. Um, but I, th- I think there'll be a few Sunderland fans who hear that and, and feel the same. I would like, because Broadhead seems okay, but again, there's no guarantee that a young boy is going to score a lot of goals. He's certainly an option, but I'd like as someone who I trust almost as much as Ross Stewart to, to score goals. My genuine hope is that Ross Stewart just stays fit for the rest of his life and nothing happens to him. So I only said that because I said I was looking at the team today and I said we I think I went one 0 Wimbledon you went one 0 Sunderland which but it was never we never went three or four nil and I, I even though Zanev made a couple of good saves for Wimbledon I was looking and thinking well if we can nullify Ross Stewart then and, and Aidan McGeady ain't maybe might not start and stuff like that we could nullify Sunderland and nick a nil nil or get the one nil win and I think it's clear and there'll be a lot of teams better Wimbledon with better striking options who will think the same. Burton Albion might uh, might agree with you on that based on the, the game <laughs> during the week. No, I agree 100%. And you did bring up a point there. I did say 1-0 to Sunderland, and that's my first prediction right in about since April, I think. I got three right the entirety of last year with three games, well, three previews in, and that's my first guess already. So maybe times are changing. Um, maybe times are changing. But, Jack, before I let things go... Uh, Big, big game next week in the context of the promotion race already. Wickham have started really well. We've started well. I'm quite happy with where we're at. The Burton game was, it is what it was, but Burton, we played brilliant and we lost. Today, we played all right and we won. 
what would you like to see the Sunderland side be that turns up on Saturday against Wickham? Uh, yeah, just touching on um, what's been said already, I would agree. I think we, we are we are a strike short. I like I like the um, the lad, the Everton lad. Um, is it Broadhead? So... I want. Is it? Yeah, what, is that Broadhead. His name, Broadhead? Yeah, Nathan Broadhead. He I, looks yeah. okay, doesn't he? he? Looks okay. I liked him the other night when he came on against Burton. He's moving mm. his game, and I do think he will get a few. But I completely agree. I do think. Like last year, we were so reliant on Charlie White, who got 30. I don't think Ross Stewart's going to get 30, and I don't think we're going to concede as many as we did last year. So I don't think we're going to you know, need as many goals. But that's no, not disagreeing with what's being said. I completely agree. I do worry, and I would like to see uh, you know, an attacking midfielder or another striker who can get some goals coming in. Um, next week, uh, with them, I think one of those annoying teams that seem to frustrate us every time we play Graham, uh, similar to something similar to the way that Wimbledon have done on occasion. To be fair, Wickham are exactly that. I mean, we we don't um, we don't particularly like Wickham. It's always a nasty, horrible, brutal game where they're kicking and kneeing and shoving and there's red cards and it's horrible. But hopefully we can play football and and there's our performance level because we, we've been good in spells for all four games. Uh, Wimbledon today, Burton. Uh, MK Dons and, and Wigan we have been good in spells but we haven't really seen a complete performance where from start to finish you say yes yeah, Sunderland we're at it today we deserved it and hopefully that comes with time you know hopefully with the players getting to know each other a bit better and the style of play developing fitness comes into it and you know we might see a full performance the, the actual 11 I'm not really concerned about too much I just hope we can play the tempo and lift it a little bit because you know, we're not going to get away with a game like that every, every week. You know, you know, if we play like that regularly, we're going to drop points. We're going to drop more points. So hopefully over 90 minutes, we're turning a full 90-minute performance and we get it done a bit more comfortably. But yeah, uh, happy we won today. That's the main thing, I suppose. You mentioned someone, Charlie. Char- who was that? Charlie who? <laughs> yeah, who? Exactly. Charlie who? He's just a, he's just a shite, Ross Stewart, isn't it? That was the chance last week. He is, and he's proven it very much correctly. Because has Charlie Wegg scored yet? No. Um, but as it is, I'm happy no, to <laughs> third game, third reaction show in a row where I get to speak about a win. Slightly different to the past couple of games, but a win is a win is a win, as I always say. But thanks to Jack. Massive thanks to Lee, who obviously I've really enjoyed having on this week. Great crack. Um, I very rarely say good luck to the opposite team, but I think just about anyone who's a football fan always wishes um, AFC Wimbledon, not Wimbledon, if you prefer luck. Um, I so I do wish you luck. Yeah. Apart from when you play us, of I course, played, as always. I thought just 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 from a neutral perspective, I thought Wimbledon played well at, at, at times in the first half. If you play like that more often this season, Wimbledon will have no problems in this league. I think the beat will be much worse and good luck going forward. But Jack, Jack, if you love them so much, why don't you just marry them? <laughs> as always she's not going to shag you mate, not shag you, mate. Um, <laughs> please share subscribe comment give feedback and do whatever the fuck you really want to do with it but return if you want to and if you want to uh, listen into the, the Wiccan preview as always that'll be out as will the review and hopefully it'll be the fourth win in a row I can review but thanks to Lee thanks to Jack and thanks to the listeners um, enjoy your Saturday evening or your Sunday morning whenever you listen <laughs>